Welcome to the Inside Blood podcast series. Uh, in this series, we are bringing you a selection of podcasts on hematology topics from A to Z, discussing the highlights of updated data released. Today's podcast will be focusing on immune thrombocytopenia, current diagnostic and therapy. That is presented to us by Dr. Sudeep Kuvaniyar. So Dr. Sudeep is Senior Specialist in Clinical Hematology and BMT in the Department of Oncology at Astor MIMS Hospital, Calicut. He has undergone medical trainings at prestigious medical institutes in India, like Madras Medical College, Ram Manohar Lohia Hospital, SGPJ Lucknow, and he has done his MD at Ames Delhi. During his training, he has presented papers or posters at multiple conferences. Apart from this, he has published his research in national as well as international journals and received many awards and recognition for his work. Inside the Blood podcast team and myself, Dr. Dattatre Pawar, on listeners' behalf, welcome you to today's podcast. Thank you so much for speaking with us, doctor. Over to you, Dr. Sudeep. Thank you, Dr. Datta, uh, for the very, uh, very much for this kind opportunity. I would like to start with the basics referring to the current diagnosis and therapy in immune thrombocytopenia. Immune thrombocytopenia is one of the common disorders which affects the platelets. The expertise in the management of these patients is not widely spread or rather limited. The following recommendations are intended to provide guidance and support to physicians, dentists and other healthcare professionals who do not regularly see ITP patients. It was in the very uh, early year, the 1996, the American Society of Hematology published the first ITP guideline called the ASH guideline that set the standards for ITP treatment for many years. The last German language ITP guideline was published in 2014. An update were developed by the interdisciplinary group of experts from the German Society of Hematology and Medical Oncology, the Austrian Society of Hematology and Medical Oncology, the Swiss Society of Hematology, and the Society for Pediatric Oncology and Hematology, and the German Society for Transfusion Medicine and Immunohematology. The recent guidelines are the ASH guidelines for 2019, which deals with management of both pediatric and adult ITP. ITP is not hereditary, but rather an acquired form of thrombocytopenia. Hence, it needs to be distinguished from condition, uh, congenital thrombocytopenias, which are much rarer. For example, bernard Solier syndrome, Glanzmann thrombasthenia, MYH9 associated syndromes, Mayheglin anomaly, and other related disorders. Also, another group of disorders to be considered are the hereditary immune thrombocytopenia syndromes, such as the Viscott Aldrich syndrome and the autoimmune lymphoproliferative syndrome. The cause of ITP is an autoimmune reaction against the platelets and megakaryocytes, and immune response involves different pathogenic mechanisms. An experimental study in the 1950s demonstrated degradation of antibody-coated platelets after binding to the FC receptors in the spleen and the liver. It was also observed that the transfusion of plasma from a patient with ITP into healthy subjects can trigger a reversible form of thrombocytopenia. It was suggested via the animal experiments that the spleen of the platelets of ITP uh, or patients of ITP contains thrombocytopenia-inducing factors. Today, we know that these factors are autoantibodies against the platelets. With modern laboratory methods, one can detect autoantibodies against platelet membrane proteins in about 60% of all ITP patients. For example, antibodies against the membrane glycoprotein 1B9 and the glycoprotein 2B3A. 
I must mention here that the antibody coated platelets bind to the FC receptors of macrophages and dendritic cells in the spleen and the liver that are subsequently phagocytized and degraded. The degradation of damaged platelets after binding to the ashel moral receptors in the liver is observed. The sialic acid residues on the platelet membrane are hydrolyzed when the platelet, platelets age or when they are damaged by the autoantibodies in a process known as desilation. The direct damage of the platelets by the autoantibodies and subsequent apoptosis takes place as the autoantibodies can directly damage the platelets and trigger complement lysis, independent of the mechanism of phagocytosis in the spleen. The platelet function defect due to platelet autoantibodies is triggered once the platelet autoantibodies bind to the receptors on the platelet membrane and interfere with addition or aggregation. This is in addition to the thrombocytopenia is responsible for increasing the bleeding tendency. T-lymphocytes and immune re regulation is also affected, which is supported by the fact that the treatment against B-lymphocytes and their antibody production by steroids and rituximab does not seem to achieve a platelet response in all ITP patients. Their response ranges between 60 to 70 percent. Hence, the abnormalities of T-lymphocytes, particularly an imbalance between an activating and regulatory T-lymphocytes, such as T-rex, it persists in ITP. T-rex is a newer uh, uh, interest in the ITP and hence more research is being done in that. Another mechanism observed is the megakaryocyte damage from the autoantibodies against platelet glycoproteins, which is another issue in which the autoantibodies against the platelet membrane proteins also attack the megakaryocytes in the bone marrow and hence disturb the platelet production. Hence, we have the platelet destruction and also we have immune dysregulation and also we have disturbances in the platelet production itself. Another important point is that the ITP patients often show an insufficient thrombopoietin response to the thrombocytopenia. Thrombopoietin levels are higher than in healthy people, but not as high as in other diseases with a comparable degree of thrombocytopenia. For example, in aplastic anemia or after chemotherapy, the platelet count of 10,000 will have an increased bleeding tendency, but this is not seen in ITP patients or rather rarely seen in ITP patients. Now, there are, uh, these are the pathogenic mechanisms by which the ITP causes decrement in the platelet number. Now, I shall discuss the clinical features of ITP, starting with the bleeding symptoms. The typical bleeding symptoms are petechiae on the legs, less frequently on the trunk and arms, bleeding of the mucous membrane from the mouth and nose, urogenital bleeding and increased menstrual bleeding, increased bleeding and hematomas even with trivial trauma and bleeding into internal organs, which is rather rare or uh, can happen, for example, intracerebral bleeding, which can occur in elderly people. Interestingly, the bleeding tendency in ITP is lower than in comparable thrombocytopenia, for example, myelodysplasia or leukemia, as I already said. Additional symptoms observed in ITP are, there is an increased risk of infection, this is due to the therapies, the immunosuppressive therapies, the steroids, the rituximab, and also splenectomy. These are the major therapies that were uh, leading to increased risk of infection. Secondly, there is increased chronic blood loss, which leads to iron deficiency anemia. Many ITP complaints uh, patients complain of exhaustion and fatigue. 
including depressive disorders, this is a major cause of morbidity in chronic ITP patients. How is ITP diagnosed? ITP is a diagnosis by exclusion. There is no laboratory test or any method that proves that it is an ITP. Diagnosis and differential diagnosis occurs in several steps. You have to rule out several other important disorders before coming to the diagnosis of ITP. So there is a step one, the usual scenario, the detection of a low platelet count by the general practitioner or any other doctor, even a surgeon or any of your colleagues who are in other departments. They will have ITP patients with bleeding usually present to the family doctor first or go to the emergency department or the hospital. ITP patients without bleeding are detected by just routine examinations in the context of pre-operative clarifications. A doctor with limited experience in diagnosis and therapy or thrombocytopenia should refer the patient to a specialist in clinical hematologist or in internal medicine for further workup. Also, the diagnosis of EDTA, induced pseudothrombocytopenia, should not be made by the family doctor or general practitioner alone. EDTA is the chemical that is used in the vial for collecting the blood. That can lead to platelet clumping. Hence, it, the counter will not be able to read it and it may be shown as thrombocytopenia. But before making this diagnosis, the patient needs to be referred to a specialist. Secondly, now if there is an initial testing for the suspected ITP, this happens after referral to a specialist in clinical hematology. A basic diagnostic program is recommended, which includes a complete blood count with a peripheral smear, your coagulation profile, the prothrombin time, your activated partial thrombocytoplastic time, the APTT, and the serum fibrinogen. The diagnosis of ITP can be made if this basic program reveals no other differential diagnosis and if the platelet count is less than 1 lakh. And this threshold is usual is lower than the usual lower limit of the platelet count, which is usually 1.5 lakh. Because any thrombocytopenia above 1 lakh does not require any therapy. Now, the most important part is examination of the blood smear. That has to be examined preferably by the pathologist and also by the clinical hematologist. And this could reveal a certain DD, a differential diagnosis such as leukemia, disseminated intravascular coagulation, hemolytic uremic syndrome, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, which are important differential diagnosis and are hematological emergencies that must not be overlooked. One must never miss heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, which commonly occurs in the pre-operative, post-operative or the ICU setup in the hospital uh, among many referrals. Next is specialized further testing for persistent or chronic ITP. Now, acute ITP is ITP that is less than 3 months. Persistent is 3 to 12 months and more than 12 months is called chronic ITP. So, for a persistent or a chronic ITP, further differential diagnosis must be considered. This is done by the detection of anti-nuclear antibodies, anti-phospholipid antibodies and lupus anticoagulant. This is of lupus anticoagulant is of prognostic significance because Rather than bleeding, thrombosis is an important risk factor in these patients. Also, thrombosis is very important uh, risk factor in heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, more than bleeding. Another important point is the detection of thyroid antibodies, which has no effect on the treatment of ITP, but autoimmune thyroiditis should not be overlooked and left untreated as they can actually coexist in some patients. 
Remember, in some patients, the USG, the ultrasonogram, a regular ultrasonogram will show an enlarged spleen. This is not typical of IT. Can be seen in MDS, can be seen in leukemias, can be seen in hairy cell leukemia. So, another DD should be considered if there is an enlarged spleen. Now, in addition to the diseases of the liver, the chronic liver disease can also lead to thrombocytopenia. There are lymphomas such as chronic lymphocytic leukemia, hairy cell leukemia, marginal zone lymphoma. All these can be suspected on the basic peripheral smear examination itself. That would lead to uh, advanced testing such as flow cytometry. Now, rarely one must consider Gaucher's disease in which there is hyperferritinemia, increased angiotensin converting enzyme levels, uh, your beta-glucose cerebrosidase activity is also reduced in the dry blood test that is usually done in a neonatal or in a child. So this is very, it's an important DD at a very young age. Rather than in other ages, we don't usually look for it in older children and adults. Now, while we are taking a history, what is important we should not miss is the drug-induced thrombocytopenia. And it is one of the most important differential diagnosis that can be excluded by repeated history taking. Drug-induced thrombocytopenia usually has an acute course. And after we see the drug has been discontinued, the platelet count recovers rapidly. Now, uh, before ending the session, another important point is that we have discussed all the investigations. One important point is that the bone marrow biopsy does not through ITP, but it helps to exclude other disorders. So if there is an atypical presentation, like thrombocytopenia is present with leukopenia, anemia, and there is fever, loss of weight, loss of appetite. And if there is an atypical presentation, these are atypical presentation, there is sternal tenderness, there are other symptoms. And in patients who are older than 60 years, a bone marrow aspiration and biopsy will help uh, rule out other conditions apart from ITP. In a bone marrow uh, aspiration or a biopsy of an ITP, what you regularly find is that the megakaryocyte population will be increased and it will be, it will be uh, parallel to the peripheral destruction. In other conditions such as MDS, it may be decreased, they may be dysplastic and those other findings can be seen. In leukemia, you will find increased leukemic class. So that is it for now. I hand it over to my interviewer, Dr. Datta. So, well, that is fantastic roundup and update. Thank you so much, Dr. Sudip, for joining us yes, today. Sir. We hope this will be helpful for all our listeners. And please look out for the other podcast in series collection. Thank you very much and good day. Thank you, sir. Good night, sir.